I hate to disappoint everybody. People don't hire you because you're the best at what you do. Today, they hire you because they feel like you get them and they get you. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Welcome to Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and before we get started, tell me if you could change anything in your life, what would it be? Would it be your body, your career, your relationships? Thankfully, you don't have to choose. As a Mind Valley member, you'll get instant access to the wisdom of world-class personal growth teachers and programs that can evolve you in every way for just $2 a day. Are you ready to make a change? Start transforming your life today at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. The guest that I have today is so relevant to the climate that we're seeing in the world today. Jeffrey Shaw is an entrepreneur, an author, a public speaker, and he's actually just written a book about the self-employed life, business and personal development strategies that create sustainable success. Now, with the rise of some shifting ecosystems happening, particularly with COVID coming around the corner in 2020, a lot of us have seen some rattling on what does our work environment look like? Either we're working from home, maybe some shifts in our employment status have changed. And a lot of us might find ourselves in positions of being freelancers, possibly consultants, possibly just really going out and being the type of contractual employment that you are self-employed. What changes happen when you decide to transition that way? There's a lot of you who might be living this lifestyle for a long time, but what are some of the strategies and what is the ecosystem you need to build to be able to be very successful whenever you do that? Now, Jeffrey, like I said, is a speaker, author, and a business consultant, and he has had a chance to really have over 35 years experience making sure he's serving an exceptional clientele. He is the host of the Self-Employed Life podcast. He's had a TEDx talk, which then made its way to the TED.com, which means it was no joke. It was a great conversation. And he's authored two books, first one being Lingo and now The Self-Employed Life, where we will be focusing most of our conversation today. And I'm so excited to have him here. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Jason, I'm so glad to be here with you. This is such a right time. And and this is really where I'd want to start this conversation is I kind of hinted to the fact that COVID was there. It's made some shifts. What did it mean for the self-employed individual with all the shifts that happened in 2020? Yeah. You know, I can't say there's been many times in my life that I felt like I had my timing right. I always felt like I was a little behind or a little ahead. But Tay, this is a case where I feel like there's divine timing. The timing on this book was perfect. I actually started writing the book prior to COVID. And I was writing the book for currently self-employed business owners. You know, that's who was on my mind. That's who I coach. That's who I support. But of course, once COVID hit, I became highly aware of the millions of people that were losing their jobs. And anytime there's an increase in unemployment, there's an increase in self-employment. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like this book can really help them. This should serve as their Bible, their resource guide, because it's chock full of my 36 years of experience in business, over a thousand hours of coach training that I've received. So it's a combination. And I thought this is really going to help those that are now trying to reestablish their lives. And then once the book was out, there's a whole third audience that became very important to me. And that is the millions of people that are reevaluating their lives. I mean, who isn't 
reevaluating their life right now and reconsidering does the job they have, if they were so-called fortunate enough to still have their job, is it the job they want? Does it make them happy? You know, if we haven't learned that life is short in the past year, what's it going to take? So I then started a LinkedIn live show called From Corporate Life to Self-Employed Life to support that audience. Because it's one of the things I do a lot as a coach is I help people make that transition from corporate position to figuring out what's marketable, what can they create, what's the business they create. And then you know, take the time kind of as a side gig for a while to build that out so that they can leave that job and live the life of purpose. Yeah, I think the timing is incredible. I think, you know, and then of course, on the tail end of that, we have Gen Z coming up, right? As the main, they're all going to have a side gig. They're all, I mean, it's the rise of self-employment. I've heard that by 2030, it's predicted that in the United States anyway, and it's probably true of most countries, but 2030, 54% of the population will identify as self-employed. It's huge. That is huge. And that actually tails and answers the next question I was going to ask is like putting COVID aside, the trends were already moving in this direction, right? And I don't think it's a pace that's slowing down. It's been accelerating. So let's go a little further back and being like, what is the drive for a lot of people being more self-employed? Is it it's inefficient within corporations? I've been in business long enough to have, this is like my third rodeo. You know, I was in, I was in business from during 9-11, the great recession. And now this, and I will tell you any, any crisis just speeds up what was coming anyway. Remote work is not a surprise. Like millennials have been fighting for remote work from day one. So it just speeds up what was coming anyway. Here's an interesting thing, Jason. When I, throughout the years, I've every single person I've ever asked why they became self-employed has the same answer. And the answer they have is, I wanted to control my destiny. I wanted to control my future. I wanted to control my hours that I worked. To which I usually reply, how's that going? And everybody laughs because the reality is, it's it's like the myth of self-employment. Like, oh, I'm going to control my life. Yeah, guess what? You're entering completely uncontrollable circumstances. I always say self-employment is like life on steroids because everything happens quicker. You're so You're so exposed. So people choose it looking for freedom. The problem is, and the why most people struggle and perhaps give up is because they don't realize they don't have the tools to manage the uncontrollable circumstances. And that's exactly what I provide in the book. All right, I provide what I call the self-employed ecosystem. This is after 36 years of experience and study and building many, many other businesses, is that here's the deal. And this is the sole purpose of the book. Life is uncontrollable, right? Being in business, being self-employed is uncontrollable. But what you can control is the environment you create for the results you want, right? But nobody teaches that. And it's one of the most unique aspects of being self-employed because of the integration between business and one's personal life and business and oneself. And that's not to imply, and here I want to qualify that. I think it's so important. I'm not saying that when you are self-employed, that there's no line between your personal life and your business life, because I hope there is. I hope you know how to shut it off. I know, hope you know how to restore What I really mean when I say the integration between oneself and being self-employed is that your level of success in business is directly related proportionately to your level of personal development. You can't reach levels of success that your head might say that you want until you have done the inner work to be prepared for that level of success. That's the integration that nobody teaches until now. And that's why it's an ecosystem. Yeah, I think it's so needed. And I've heard that quote before, you know, it's like, you'll only grow professionally to the level of your personal growth. But I don't think people grasp the seriousness of what that really means. And maybe I'd want to 
jump into some of the symptoms that would emerge if someone neglects their personal growth as they are more self-employed. Like, why is it that when you're self-employed, it seems like you're more vulnerable or more exposed to your levels of personal growth? And what consequences does that yeah. cause? So here's what I think, I believe this is what has really shifted that confusion of people not understanding the connection there. What I'm referring to as personal development is capacity. That's the key word, capacity. Okay, so often what we want is we want higher levels of success. We want success or higher levels of success. So what do we do? We've been socializing addition to just apply more effort, more work. Okay, if you just, one of those symptoms, and I actually, and I'm happy to offer it to your listeners, I created an assessment tool called Self-Employed Assessment, right? So it's called selfemployedassessment.com, which actually allows you an opportunity to see where in the ecosystem you are weakest between personal development, business strategies, and daily habits. Now, most of us are pretty strong in the business strategies. We've been socialized and conditioned to just work harder. We tend to only charge the most amount of money for what's hard to us. We don't charge for our genius. We don't charge for what actually comes easy. We tend to charge for what's hard. We've been programmed that way, but it has everything to do with capacity. Okay. So if you keep putting more effort in, this is why people say they're all over. They feel like they're all over the place or they feel like a hamster running on a wheel is because you're just putting in more and more effort. It's like overstuffing a sack. You haven't created the capacity to receive the success. Now, and that's not as woo-woo as it might sound. For example, we want to get the personal development you need to do is you need to unblock any limited thinking you might have that's holding you at your current level or trying to pull you back. Probably the hardest thing I find that I have to work with my clients to step into that increases their capacity to get higher levels of success is getting them to step into what they fully deserve. We tend to hold this glass ceiling about the level of success or money that we think we deserve, consciously or unconsciously. That's one of the most important capacities to step into is to increase the level of what you feel you deserve. So you can really say, I deserve that level of success. I deserve the rewards. I deserve the money that comes with that level of success. Then you put the effort in and there's a place for it to go. It's very easy for people to look at setting goals and they'll be like, yeah, I want to make millions. I want to make, you know, $5 million. But then when you drill it down and be like, yeah, are you ready to charge like $5,000 an hour? That seems to be more of a block. And I can see myself having that struggle, especially if you're just self-employed working for yourself, that capacity is really going to be limiting you. So working on the money mindset seems to be like one of the priorities here. Yeah. And even money mindset and everything that comes with it. I actually, when I was writing the book, I did this experiment on social media and I had so much fun with this. For those listening in, you can imagine this scenario. Let's say I walk up to you, Jason, I go walk up to you and I say, Jason, you're going to get what you deserve. The way I wrote it out on social media, I said, imagine I said that in an aggressive tone, just like I just said, Jason, you're going to get what you deserve. What do you think is going to happen? Everyone said, I think I'm in trouble. Everyone's response, and I said, well, why? And they said, well, because you said you were going to say it in an aggressive tone. And it's like, why shouldn't I say to you with the same level of conviction and commitment and aggressiveness that you're going to get what you deserve, meaning all the riches and everything you deserve in life that's positive? Why aren't we saying that with the same level of aggression and commitment and passion as we do when we think we're going to punish someone? That's because we've been socialized. It's hard for us to accept, I think, one of the most brilliant 
slogans in marketing history was L'Oreal, so it, because you're worth it. An absolute brilliant marketing line to get women to step into feeling okay about spending that little extra money, treating themselves. Why? Because you're worth it. It's one of the hardest things to do is to get people to step into not what they're worth today, not what they think, but what they can imagine they could be worth. That's the capacity piece. And you have to increase the capacity of what you truly believe you deserve in life and in business before you put in the effort. Otherwise, you're trying to just, like I said, you're going to end up feeling like a hamster on a wheel because you're going to be working really hard, but hardly getting ahead. I mean, you're stepping out of the rat race just to jump into another hamster wheel. So that's not the best thing to do. And I know we talk about prioritizing the personal development. Now, listeners of Superhumans at Work, you know, fans of Mind Valley do have some exposure when it comes to personal development. But I still want to explore with you, Jeffrey, what are some of the key things you feel actually allows somebody to expand that capacity that is so important? Yeah. So I'll tell you how I begin working with my clients because it's so upside down and backwards from what most coaches do. And what we've, again, been socialized and conditioned. It has a lot of everything to do with like motivation and momentum, you know? So someone comes to me, they want big change. They want that next level of success. They're starting a business, right? So they're going into self-employment. There's some big change that they're looking for. People have tended to try to create change in people's lives, whether they're coaches or what have you, through motivation or what I refer to as dangling carrots, focusing on how often have you heard the classic coach line? So I said, if we sat down a year from now and had lunch, what would you like your life to look like? Okay, all well intended and good, but you know what? It doesn't create big change because being self-employed is difficult. It's challenging. It's going to push every button you've got and it's rewarding. Every self-employed person I've asked, would you have it any other way? They said, no, all right? So it's worth every minute of it, but it's not the easy road. Motivation in and of itself isn't enough to keep you going. The way I start with my clients to really get them to step into being ready for big change is I help them get really clear on what it is they want to get away from. That's the real motivation. You have to get to the point, and I push them. I will push on clients because you can't just say to me, oh, I want more money. I want to be more successful. It's like, no, I want to hear you are sick and tired of not having enough money. I want to hear that you just can't take another month of struggling to meet your bills. I want you to get so angry about the state you want to get away from that that's what you tap into. In those difficult days, you go back to feeling like what that feels like. Or what I hear a lot from clients is they come to me and they say, oh my gosh, I've been in business for five years, 10 years, 20 years, doesn't matter. They say, I feel like I'm all over the place. And they are. And I want to get them absolutely sick and tired of feeling that way because that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be all over the place. I tell them, anytime you have those difficult days, you have doubt, you just close your eyes and remember, what does it feel like to end your day going to bed feeling like, I feel like I'm all over the place and I feel like crap. That's what keeps you going. It's like you need to dig the pain, bring it to the surface, almost identify it more clearly. So then you can actually realize like, hey, I need a bit of it. It's a butt kicking at this point because you, you don't have managers. You don't have you know objectives. You don't have corporate goals or the BHAG. You need to kind of create them for yourself. And it seems like in a self-employed environment, you don't have a as you said, an ecosystem that exists around you. There's no HR department. It's you. 
And you know, it's, it's interesting. It brings me back to when I left Mindvalley as a full-time employee, like I was well there. I mean, they have a great culture. They're one of the greatest places to work in the world. And for me, one of the biggest things was that I had to let go of an identity that was being offered to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to think about it. It was served on a silver platter. And I wanted to kind of open up on that is, you know, what is the identity we're supposed to focus on or what are the key pillars of at least having that kind of ecosystem that supports you as a self-employed person? Yeah, I think, gosh, you really tapped into something that's really important. Actually, just one of the most recent episodes of my podcast was sort of along this idea because I do coach a lot of people leaving a corporate position to start their own job. It's one of the most primary things I do, quite honestly, that letting go of an identity is a big issue and letting go of the structure. One of the missions of my book, The Self-Employed Life, one of the missions is to actually have everything in one place. That's why it's coaching and business strategy. It's, it's all of that. When you're self-employed, you're not compartmentalized. We don't have departments for everything. So we inevitably have to run around. We have to hire coaches for our support. We have to buy courses on specific tasks that we need to learn how to be hire strategists. Like it's no wonder we feel like we're all over the place. We go to conferences and events and you know summits. And so no wonder we're all over the place. We're literally running all over the place to get all the pieces because we're not centralized. We're not a centralized company. That's why I wrote this book with that in mind so that people can have a resource book that kind of holds all that together. The identity piece, it shifts. When you have a corporate position, your identity might be a title. Your identity you know, is how you're seen in the company. When you become self-employed, your identity, if you will, which is what I help people find, is what I refer to as your platform, okay? Podcast episode I did recently around this idea platform, I titled that episode as The Simple Secret to Success. Now, I don't mean to be glib about it because there's nothing simple about success, but you know what? Break it down to the absolute simplest way. It is simple. It's the double meaning of platform. You need to understand what is your platform in as much as a collection of values, okay? So that's what platform on one hand means. It's a collection of values, what you stand for, who you stand at. Martin Luther King had a platform, right? He had a collection of values. He knew who he stood up for. He knew the cause that he stood up for. That platform is actually what becomes your identity. You become the known go-to expert for blank. So much so that if you were to pass two people on the sidewalk having a conversation and they were talking about you and you walked by and they said, oh, you know, Jason, he's that go-to expert for blank right? That's how Simon Sinek, Brene Brown, they have that platform. We can identify what they're all about. That's step number one. Step number two is then once you have your platform, your collection of values, who you stand up for, what you stand for, that becomes your identity. It becomes your stake in the ground that you say, this is who I am and this is what I do and this is who I serve. Then you need the double meaning of platform, which is the literal platform that you stand on. Right? Be it a stage. In today's world, your platform is likely your website. It's your online presence. It's your social media bios. Step number one, you understand your platform in as much as a collection of values. Step number two, you put out in the world on the platforms that are available what your platform of values is. It's the simple secret to success. There's nothing simple about getting there and it needs a whole lot of work. You know, I often say this is where you need to hire a coach because you can't read the label from inside the jar. <laughs> right? You're too close to it. You need the outside perspective. But honestly, Jason, it's as simple as that. And it just takes time to work it through. Like I'm hundred percent on board with you. And you know, for me, I actually hired a coach and he's actually an ex-colleague who's working on a program. It's identity 101. For me, 
this has been key, identifying these values so I can find myself whenever I feel lost. And so I do suggest for everybody that's tuning in, like if you don't have a quarterback, that's kind of giving you some support is definitely something you'd want to pick up. And I already know from our live audience that's tuning in, a lot of them are already picking up your book, The Self-Employed Life. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of these podcast listeners, you're also going to do it. So make sure you look into the show notes. We will have a link to that self-assessment and a way for you to purchase this book as well. Before we continue, I just want to tell you a little bit about Mindvalley membership. For all of you personal development junkies like me out there, growing in one area of your life just isn't enough. That's why we made Mindvalley membership to bring you the best personal growth programs on the planet so you can evolve every day in every way. Whether you want to get crazy fit, build a business, or manifest more money in your life, there's a quest for that. And now you can access every single one for just $2 a day. So if you're striving to become the best self and live the life you deserve, try out Mindvalley membership at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Jeffrey, I wanted to also just open up on some of these more kind of business strategy elements. So we talked a bit about the personal development. We talk here about the importance of those values, as well as understanding our identity as a self-employed person. But what are some of these more new things that we need to develop within our skill set that you know, we might not have needed when we were employed. And I love for your particular example, because you came from a photography background. So you would think, oh, all you need to do is be a great photographer, but there's other key skills that you need. Could you elaborate? Yeah. For one, what you just said right there is so important because again, this is coming from pure observation and study because I've been in business so long. The world has shifted in this way. People don't hire, I hate to disappoint everybody. People don't hire you because you're the best at what you do. Today, they hire you because they feel like you get them and they get you. Wasn't always that way. I will tell you in the 80s and 90s, you know, again, working with the clientele that I did as a photographer, these very affluent families, they would hire the person they were supposed to. And quite honestly, I was one of them. I built a brand on being the photographer you're supposed to hire when you're rich. I built that platform. That was what I built. But at the same time, when I would work with my clients, I would see they were working with the interior designer. They would work with the you know clothing designer. They worked with the branded person at the time. And quite honestly, I would hear the nightmare stories about how awful the person was to work with but they worked with them anyway, because that's who you're supposed to, they're the best in their field, the best designer. But behind the scenes, I would hear what a diva he was usually. <laughs> and, you know, you can't get away with that today. People are driven by connection. And it's such a, I, this is where I think, honestly, I think the world we live in is so beautiful because people are making energetic decisions about who they work with now more than ever. They choose whether to work with you because they like you, because they feel good about you. They like your values. They feel like you're doing the right things in the world. And if you're not, they'll drop you in a second. Okay. So number one is you have to understand there's a level of being really good at what you want to do. Put out quality, be the best you can be. But there's a level where just being moderately better at what you do isn't going to help you in business, right? People hire you if we want. So from a business strategy standpoint, I think that's one of the most important things to understand is that people are hiring you because they feel like you get them. That's what my previous book, Lingo, was all about. So every business strategy that I offer in my book, The Self-Employed Life, is it's got a different feel to it. It's designed for self-employed and small businesses because we... As self-employed business owners, we are almost always in a relationship-based business. Most of the world is transactionally based. 
Most businesses, you go to Home Depot, you check in, check out. You don't have a relationship. Banking isn't even a relationship nowadays, right? We do 90% of our banking on an app. Okay, so there's no relationship there. Most of the world is transactionally based business and we're in relationship-based businesses. Therefore, our marketing has to look and feel entirely different than what we see in the world. So what I offer are those ways of doing that. So you can just tell by the names of my strategies, my two key strategies, two of the many strategies I teach in the book. One is called hug marketing. You've never heard marketing talked like that before, right? But this is a marketing strategy where the goal is to create a relationship with your clients that you would want to hug one another when you saw them. That's not the goal of transactionally based businesses. That's the goal of relationship-based businesses, hug marketing. The other strategy I teach in the book is what I refer to as the emotional journey, right? That's customer experience. It has a lot to do with your website. What is the emotional journey that you want to take on people? As I'd said earlier, the background of my work is around this idea that you can't control an uncontrollable world, but you can control the environment you set up for the results you want. The emotional journey is incredibly effective at this. It's such a deep understanding of your clientele that applied to customer experience or to their visiting your website. When you understand who you want to impact to such intimate levels, you then work at what's the journey you want to take them on as they experience your business. One of the other things I do a lot of is I help create really powerful brand messaging to attract their ideal clients. So it begins with studying first who they are, then it be, then we switch to studying who is their client so that we can speak their lingo. And as I work through this process of brand messaging, I take control with my client. We take control of deciding what we want our clients to say in their heads at every stage. Like it sounds a little creepy, but that's the power of creating the environment you want for the results you want. To me, the goal in marketing today, the ultimate goal is to get your clients or your customers to say, wow, it's like you're in my head. That's it. You've achieved that goal. There's no turning. They won't care about price. They won't care about anything except, wow, it's like you're in my head. You get me so well. It's such a rare experience in business that it's done. That's how you end up with clients that want to hug you because they feel so seen, heard, and understood by you. Being seen, heard, and understood, isn't that one of our core human needs that we all seek? And if you can achieve that with whatever it is that you provide, you're going to win the game. Jeffrey, I love everything you speak about. I think it's definitely hitting home for everybody listening here, which I kind of wanted to bring it up to a close about asking something that's maybe more of a personal experience here, which is, you know, you've been self-employed for a long time. I'd love to kind of hear from you in your words, deciding to go on a self-employed journey for most of your life. What are some of the things you found the most beneficial from doing that? Like the things that you're like, I'm so glad I did this because, and what are some words of cautions you would give for people who might be hesitant to jump the boat, but they want to know the reality of it? Yeah. So I actually have always been self-employed. I've never had a traditional job. I've never received a paycheck. So I, I literally have, I know, I don't know how many individuals can say that, but I mean, I've, I started selling eggs door to door when I was 14 years old. Like it was the most clever business imaginable. And I think it's the basis of everything I know about business today because selling eggs door to door is just a crazy business venture. My favorite story in the book, I talk about selling those eggs, talk about creating the environment for the results you want. So to wrap the, the kind of the story up, I struck a deal with a farm. So I would go to this farm on Thursdays. My mom would drive me. I was only 14 years old. And 
the farm would provide the eggs. So I would sit there and I'd stuff the cardboard cartons with the eggs. And I had this awareness one day that, I mean, honestly, a lot of the, the, the eggs were filled with chicken poop because they were like right from the farm. And I used to clean them off because I didn't want it to be gross. But I kind of learned the benefit of leaving a little bit of the chicken poop on the eggs, right? Because that made them authentic. I mean, you, you get spotless eggs at the grocery store. I want my eggs to be different. I want my clients to know that these are really fresh from the farm. So I learned this strategy, again, controlling the environment for the reason I wanted them. Like again, I, right from the beginning, I was thinking, what are they going to say in their head? So what would happen was I would leave just enough chicken poop on there. And as people do, they always open the carton eggs to make sure they're none of them are broken. And I'd see my client wince a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I missed that spot. You know, of course I didn't. I left it on there on purpose. But it was solely for the reason of getting that reaction from them so that they were like, okay, this is a little gross, but okay, they're farm fresh. Like this is, so I was, I mean, I was 14. So I was just back in 1978. Do the math. You figure out I'm 57 years old now. But so in 1978, like this was like way ahead of free range and organic eggs. Like I was ahead of my time, like, but I was really getting the point across. So for me, the biggest benefit, and I think this is true of, and I say this in my book, it's actually probably the quote that's resonated the most for people is what motivates us the most to be self-employed is the opportunity to become bolder versions of ourselves. Just, you know, to me, I chose the path of self-employment because at 14 years old, when I was selling eggs, I had paralyzing shyness, paralyzing. I would say the reason I chose being a photographer, because I was doing photography even then, the reason I love photography is because back in the day, it meant I could hang out in the dark room and didn't have to see people. It meant that if I was out in the world with a camera, I could hide behind a camera. Like I had paralyzing shyness. So why in the world would I choose to sell eggs door to door? because I wanted to find more in myself. Deep in my heart, I knew there was more in me than this geek, shy kid. Because those were messages from the outer world. But deep down, if I was honest with myself, I thought I was pretty awesome and I just wanted to find it. And that to me is the biggest benefit being self-employed. It is a self-journey. It is a journey of growing and being pushed and getting to the next level and finding more in yourself than you ever imagined possible. I just can't imagine ending your life in a in a better way than looking back at your life and saying, I did it. I built something. I created something in this world and I did it myself. So that to me is the biggest benefit. The biggest challenge, you know, honestly, the challenges are big, but they're fleeting. You know, I mean, when you're self-employed, it's just like, you just learn to acquire a little bit of a thick skin and move on. So throughout the years have been big financial challenges. There have been to this day, 36 years in, I can't believe how often, you know, something comes along. It wasn't so much the case with COVID, but, you know, I'll have a lull in business. Suddenly there will be less business coming in. I'll think, okay, this is it. This is the time that I finally go under. And then I had to say, Jeff, that's absolutely stupid. Like you've been standing for 36 years. This is actually not going to be the moment. 36 years in, I still have those moments. So that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is that, you know, we still feel like we're walking on thin ice a lot when you're self-employed. Here's the thing, Jason. I think it's the confusion around security. Somehow people think they have security when they have a job. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I could handle having a traditional job because I'd be so afraid the rug was going to be pulled out from underneath me at any moment. At least when you're self-employed, it's going to be a long, painful death. <laughs> right? But it's not going to be pulled out from underneath you. I actually think there's more security in today's world to control your destiny by being self-employed because somebody else is in control of your destiny when you work for somebody else. They can pull the rug out from underneath you at any time. And that scares the daylights out of me. So even the biggest challenges are fleeting. 
There we go. And we have some of our live attendees like Hillary here talking about, you know, the rug got pulled multiple times. There is no security. And, yeah. you know, even for corporations, I'm seeing that the trend for them, seeing more output, having standard operating procedures with certain, you know, specialty skills, I think is just a trend that's happening and being beneficial on all sides. So Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a fantastic conversation. You know, we started off by just seeing that this is an inevitable trend that's happening when it comes to people shifting towards self-employment. I love that you really reinforce the fact that we need to build an ecosystem around us because we're not part of a business ecosystem anymore. Continue with the personal development. You're going to be on a roller coaster ride. So make sure you have that growth that accompanies you because that is what will limit you on the professional side. The business strategies are always important, but we usually get to figure them out. I think the best thing that you've been sharing here, Jeffrey, is just about this power about branding, speaking the lingo, which for those of you who want to pick up the first book, Lingo, is where he goes deeper into truly understanding the customers that you serve, the clients that you serve, so you can truly stand out within the marketplace. And of course, you talk about sustainability. What are those habits that really allow you to have sustained success and survive and thrive over the years? It's a beautiful journey that you've been on. I'm loving that you're inspiring everybody to do the same. And so for those of you who tuned in, make sure you go into the show notes where we'll have a link to the assessment for the self-employed life. You'll be able to pick up a copy of the book as well. So once again, Jeffrey, thank you so much for unleashing the superhumans that are self-employed out there. And I think what you're doing is a blessing to the world. So thanks again for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't signed up already, be sure to check out Valley Membership. Besides getting unlimited access to our top-rated programs and trainers, you'll also join an incredible supportive community on our new Connections app. This is basically a global campus where you find like-minded friends, mentors, and accountability partners from around the world online or get together at local meetups. If you want education that connects you with kindred spirits and transforms you from the inside out, join the tribe at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman today. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.